1: Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bellati, and today on the podcast, we are going to talk about turnoffs, pet peeves, those things that just get under our skin, and how these annoying yet just life-based things have actually inspired some of the best stories, the best storytellers. You know, those things that just bug us, these things can be the reason that something totally crashes and burns, why there isn't going to be a second date, for example, Or it could land someone on the cover of Forbes. They're very versatile turnoffs. It's interesting. So we're going to talk about the things that bug us today. But before I launch into all of that, take us on a nice little journey back in time to the times of Jane Austen, for example. A lot of things are going to happen. But before I do that, I'm going to talk about something that I wasn't even anticipating talking about when I woke up this morning, but something just happened on the subway where I was and I want to talk about it. So we're back in the present for a moment. I just got off the subway a few hours ago. I had taken it uptown to my workout. So I was doing uh, my personal training this morning up in Bryant Park. So I hopped on the subway. I'm here downtown. So I take it probably like four or five stops up. I kind of forget. But anyway, I was taking it back downtown after my workout And something went down that honestly really goes hand in hand with this episode. So we're just going to launch into it. So I don't mean to laugh because it was really something that was – it was a little bit nerve-wracking, honestly, just seeing this go down. Of course, you hear stories about people being rude and people being, you know, just certain things, especially with the pandemic. But I witnessed something that I want to talk about. So I was sitting on one end of the subway car and this all kind of went down on the other end of the subway car Subway cars can be kind of like – they're definitely not huge, but you can still hear what's going on on the other end and still be far enough away where you you can't – you're not like in the thick of it, okay? So I'm sitting on one end. I see these two people. We – it's like probably one stop after I had just gotten on. So we had been sitting for a little bit, just like only one stop. And I see these two people. We stop at another station. Two people are getting on with these like large chairs, looks like they had just like bought them from someone basic marketplace style or something and are like lugging them home. Like I've seen this a million times. People always just like lug their stuff through the subway and you know, all that. It's very normal to see. So these two people are getting on. A guy comes in front and then the girl behind with another chair. And so as the, the girl is getting on the train, I hear someone else yell, hold the door, hold the door. And behind her, I'm like kind of craning my neck. I never wear headphones on the subway because I like to hear what's going on. I also like to hear like if someone's going to be creepy to me or something. It's like a good safety measure, but it's also good because I just like taking in the sounds of New York, what people are talking about. I'm super creepy. Kind of goes hand in hand with people watching. You know, you need to hear. So anyway, didn't have my headphones in, so I heard this whole thing go down. And basically this guy was a ways back. Like he was – still on the stairs coming into the station like pretty far away and he's yelling hold the door hold the door and it looks like he has a very obvious limp and like doesn't look well not sure what's going on there but he just whatever he is having a hard time getting on the stairs this girl turns around hears him say this is so kind to she's like literally carrying a chair like holding a chair in one arm puts her arm like on the door to hold it open And what happens with the subway is like, if you're not familiar, if you're, you know, in the middle of it, but but they're about to leave, the subway door is going to still close and then just like hit you and go back. So this happened a few times to this poor girl. She's like holding the door for this guy. And the guy finally makes it to the door. He comes in. He's like, thank you. God bless you. He says all these things. Man sits down and he sits like relatively close to where the girl and the guy with the chairs ended up sitting and a lot of other people were also sitting and it wouldn't have been weird except for this guy just like didn't have a mask on like his mask was down like around his chin like just not fully on his face easily could have been on his face like he could have just pulled it up you know easy it's not like it's not anywhere like he had a mask slightly on but it just like wasn't on his face um properly so anyway people are seeming a bit like I don't know, like a little uncomfortable honestly. I see people move. Some girl like that was sitting right next to him moved to the other side just like just to get away from him. I don't know. He, he it's not even like a personal thing. It's like if you are on the subway, first of all, like people talk badly about the subway all the time because they're like it's gross, it's like how you get sick, it's disgusting, whatever. I don't agree with that because they actually do clean the subway every single night between like 2 and 4 a.m. or something. They, like, deep clean it. And I see once the subway, like, once you reach the last stop, they're all in there, like, cleaning it. So I do feel good about it. If you're sitting, if you're not touching anything and you're wearing your mask, whatever. I don't find an issue with it. I love public transportation. I really do, okay? Unlike Carrie Bradshaw. I am not like her in that respect. I do take the subway every day. But anyway, back to the story. So the guy doesn't have his mask on. And one of the people, so one of the the chair people, the guy – not the girl, Um, just very kindly, very casually says to the guy, hey, can you put your mask on? Like, he doesn't want to move. He just sat down. He's this heavy chair. He's like, can you just pull your mask up? Like, very simply, nothing too crazy. And the man that the girl had just held the door for, like, this is like, she had just like done such a great thing of kindness for this man and he looks at the guy, the the guy being the companion of the girl with the chair, so the the chair guy, and says to him like a lot of bad words, like he is just cursing like crazy to this guy, like so angry that he suggested that he would not put his mask on, like this whole thing. And I can't really hear exactly what he's saying because I am a little ways away. But he was just so angry at this guy for very casually saying, can you pull your mask up? And I just could not believe it because after this really great moment of kindness that I really love seeing, like I love seeing moments of kindness, especially in New York, because I feel like people give New Yorkers a very bad rap for having like no kindness in their body, like just being super blunt, super impatient, and just, you know, rude. And we have a bad reputation. As being that way. And so when I see something just super pure and kind, like this girl literally holding the door for like five minutes and getting smushed by the door every time it closes, it was like just so beautiful to see that this girl would do that for some guy she doesn't know. And this guy, what does he do to repay? Like he is just absolutely destroying this guy, like this this very normal, very decent guy <laughs> that is just carrying a chair. Okay. And I just could not believe what I was seeing. I was again down the train. So someone I think I, I do remember seeing a guy like near this happening, just like trying to break up the verbal fight that started happening between these two people. It was such a thing, but like I I just could not believe what I was seeing. And the guy gets off the the mean guy, the rude guy gets off at the next stop and the one chair guy like stands up with the girl that they both stand up and they're moving their chairs towards me towards like the middle of the car and I hear the guy say to the girl, see that's what happens when you do things like that for strangers, like whatever. And I didn't hear what he said after that. But it was just, it broke my heart because this girl just did what she thought was right. And not only is her boyfriend slash brother or whoever the heck this guy was getting like ripped on by this random stranger dude that she was nice to, but also she's getting ripped on for being nice to the guy. And I just I saw this all go down. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like that is probably my biggest pet peeve when people are just rude, when it's so easy to not be like, it is so easy to just take like, okay, maybe it isn't easy to take criticism. That's what I was going to say. And I think that just kind of seeing, diagnosing what was going on here from my random bystander point of view, I feel like the guy just like really being rude to the chair guy was because he got criticized. Like, this guy clearly cannot handle criticism. And I'm not really sure what was going on with him mentally or just anything physically, regardless of that, though. It's just, it's really not that hard to be a nice person. I mean, it does take some effort. It does take some, you know, in situations like holding a door or saying something out of turn and just, like, just saying something that someone needs to hear, it can be tricky, but it's just... Gosh, I don't know. Everyone's sitting on that train. Like, of course, if something had really, really happened, someone would have stood up and done something. I know for a fact because New Yorkers, we do, we're jaded, but we do that stuff. But, um, you know, it just even taking all that in just has really made me, like, I haven't stopped thinking about this since it happened a few hours ago. Like, I was in the shower thinking about this. And as I was getting off the train, so I was getting off at the same stop as the chair people, and as the, you know, they got off or I got off first cause I was kind of like next to the door and I turn around and I said to the girl, like I didn't, the guy was being a little bit rude. I will say after he, I mean, he was nice at first and then he kind of like his facade, like he was just, he flipped off the guy, like even the middle finger on the way out, like the whole thing. But I look at the girl and I said to her, I was like, that was a good thing that you did. And she looked at me. And that's the last time I will probably ever see that girl ever again. Like, we will probably never cross paths again. And she's lugging the chair through the subway station. But, like, I just wanted her to know that she did a good thing. Like, the world is going to crush you, step on you, spit in your face, and you still just treat people better than they're treating you. Because, honestly, it just – it makes me feel better going to bed at night knowing that – I was the bigger person, even if I get no thank you. Because a lot of times you're. It's what you do is very thankless. Like I remember one summer that I was cleaning toilets at um, a church camp because that's what I did for fun. <laughs> no, I really just, I don't know. I, I really was super, I'm not not religious anymore. I just don't really practice as much as I did. I really needed that for much of my youth because I didn't feel like I had anything else. And I've learned more recently in more recent years that you can have faith and still do other things. And I was just, I was gung-ho, like, let me do everything with the church, like, which is fine. I think it's great to do that. But I have since balanced my, rebalanced my life a little bit, which I think is fine personally. It's what works for me. So anyway, back in this camp, I was, you know, plunging toilets and cleaning bathrooms and it was the most thankless job ever. Like, I wasn't even getting paid for it. And I just remember the people that I was working with, like, us just... Just feeling though, this surge of like, I don't even know what to call it, but like adrenaline to do something good especially knowing that no one's gonna thank you because it just, it's so personal. It's like, I'm doing this for me, honestly. Like, yes, I'm doing it for other people, but I'm also doing it for me. It's very interesting. But back to the point of this episode, the turnoffs, pet peeves, things that bug us, that, like the whole thing this morning on the subway has to be like top of my list, biggest pet peeve is when people are just rude for no reason. Like I get it. I mean, maybe this guy had a bad morning. Maybe this guy like has had a bad life. I don't know. But still it just, it's my biggest pet peeve. Someone is super kind to you, asks you something super simple. Like, yes, we have pride. We have our egos and we have things that happen to us, but just do the right thing. Like when it comes to something just so easy, it's like you don't even, oh my God. It's like the people that don't return the shopping cart. Okay. Or the people that just like, if they're checking out at Whole Foods, I noticed this yesterday. I always put the cart away, like, or even like the little baby cart that you get in New York, because like I really only buy what I can carry home. That's just like my rule of thumb here. So I always have the cart with the wheels. And I always put the cart back. We've talked about this in a whole episode before of the podcast, but like are you the kind of person that puts the cart back? Like will you get kicked out and banned from Whole Foods for life if you don't put the cart back? No, you will not. Like you'll be allowed back, but someone else will have to just deal with it for you and someone who's, of course, that's one of their things they probably are paid to do, but if everyone just returned the cart, they would do something else. Like there's other things to do at a grocery store. But yeah, you won't get banned, but how much easier would it be for someone else? And just, it would just make you feel good if you just do it. Just put the freaking cart back, okay? I don't know. I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but (laughs) anyway, that's like my biggest pet peeve when it comes to just like life. And I want to talk more about that today, more about just those things that bug us, the things that people do, because ultimately each and every one of us was raised differently and as we know from psychology, from things your therapist has probably told you throughout your life, a lot of the, the habits, a lot of the ways that we live and are, and a lot of the things that we value, it all is kind of started, it all takes root in childhood. Like the seeds are sown then, so then when we grow up, we embody them and it, you know, we, yeah, so how we're raised is really It's not everything, but it is a lot of it. It tells a lot of the story. Of course, you can change. People can change. Sometimes, not everybody, but I think that a lot of the just the way that you are is instilled back when you're young. That being said, we're going to encounter a lot of different people in our lives, a lot of different people, people that have empathy, people that don't, people that put the cart back, people that don't, people that are rude for no reason on the subway after someone goes out of their way to be kind to them. (laughs) there's people like that too. And it's just, we're each so different. And I just, it just is so hard for me to wrap my head around that sometimes. But today we're going to talk about those things that people do that they either know they're doing to piss someone off or they don't, or, you know, you see it on a dating app and you're like, oh, you'd be perfect if you just didn't do that. (laughs) If you didn't post a straight faced gym selfie, or if you didn't post a fish on your dating profile like you'd be so perfect if you didn't do that and so we're going to talk about that we're also going to talk about how turn-offs pet peeves those things can ultimately be the reason someone skyrockets to success like something that they saw that they didn't like something that they experienced that they're like oh I, I just don't i don't dig that they use that thing to propel them onto the cover of forbes so we're going to talk about that as well
0: today's episode is brought to you by angie
1: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So to give you guys a a little glimpse of how I decided to even talk about this at all, I mean, of course, the subway incident was not planned, and I did not think I was going to open with that. But <laughs> you know, there was another reason why I wanted to talk about pet peeves and just the things that bug us today. I was recently scrolling on Hinge. I feel like every good story that I launch into starts with that. I feel like I'm always saying this. I love just like scrolling. I'm really inspired by weird things on various apps, but Hinge being one of them. And so I was scrolling on Hinge, and I, you know, was going through all the prompts, going through just the guy's pages. Like I really do look with like a fine tooth comb. I like to just diagnose, not diagnose. It's the wrong word, but I like to like look at someone's profile and kind of like figure out or kind of imagine who they'll be in person, kind of like give them some life, make them spring off the page sort of thing. And so I saw, I noticed just from like sitting there on kind of like a hinge scrolling bender that a lot of guys in New York have their pet peeves listed on their profile. And I don't know why I I just thought this, but I was like, that's like my own pet peeve. Like my pet peeve is that a lot of guys have their pet peeves listed and have like 35 things under their list, like a lot of things that get on their nerves. And granted, I probably have 30 things that get on my nerves, but am I going to put them out there on the profile? Like, I don't know. I I was just thinking about how interesting that is. And of course, not every guy in the city, but it was a frequent, frequent one that I saw. And it got me thinking about turnoffs, especially those in relationships and on dates. And I was just wondering, I'm like, wait, what if I've done something that's a turnoff? Like, On a date and I just I didn't know because they didn't list it on their profile. But I also kind of shut that down real quick in my head. I was like, of course you could be the ripest, juiciest peach Katie, and someone will always not like peaches. They'll be freaking allergic to peaches, and that doesn't mean you can stop being a peach because you are a peach. Like some things you truly cannot help or change, but it was just interesting. I was just wondering about turnoffs. Truly, you really don't know that you're doing something on their list unless they tell you. Before Hinge before Hinge existed where lots of people just lay it out for you in a list, how would you ever know? I guess unless you get on the conversation over dinner. And would would doing one of these things on the list be a total deal breaker for these people? Like what if they find their perfect person but they are a loud chewer? I feel like I always see loud chewers on their list, like on the pet peeves list. Like can people be petty like that? And – Funny enough, it's like all these things just fell in my lap. I was on Reddit. You guys know I love Reddit. Specifically, this one page called Ask Reddit. And there was a question on there. The question was, basically it's a question and a lot of people just respond. And people usually respond like anonymously on there. So it's kind of like a message board. But people are just so freaking funny on Reddit. I don't know why. They're just hilarious. So someone asked a question. They said, what's the pettiest reason that you refused to date someone? The pettiest reason. And I wanted to read you guys some of the responses. So keyword petty, okay? First response, she had the same name as my mom. And this had 11,000 up ticks or like up votes. Um, And similarly, so like underneath this in the thread was, I've been married twice. Both were named Kim. I don't even talk to Kims now. All Kimmed out. (laughs) then someone else said, my mom's boyfriend is Brad. Brad's sister is named Susan. Brad's first ex-wife is named Susan. Brad's second ex-wife is also named Susan. My mom's name is Susan. Sounds like that guy has had his fair share of Susans in his life. Um, I mean, but this begs the question, like, what is in a name? Can a name be a turn on or turn off? Like, what if you meet your person and they just have a name that you just can't stand? Like, do you start liking the name because you start liking the person? Like, do certain names remind you of certain people? For me, yes. But how interesting. Like, what is in a name? Another one. All the words in every text she sent were capitalized. Trust me, it got annoying. So like, the first letter of each word. And I wonder, guys, I've seen this on social media before. A lot of celebrities do this. Like, are they literally capitalizing each first letter on purpose like is their keyboard set up to do that or are they literally pushing the caps button each time like i've i've really genuinely wondered this okay another person i was the receiver of oh, the petty reason not the giver when i was in college a girl wouldn't go on a second date with me because my dorm room was too clean i don't know if this is bs <laughs> someone said not me but someone refusing to date me because quote it's weird you don't have instagram I don't think it would be a deal breaker for me if someone didn't have Instagram. It might be like a slight red flag. I'm just wondering like why not I guess because I, I mean I'm also a social media like a very big social media user as you guys know. So I don't know. I think it honestly though I will say I think it'd be kind of refreshing. I think that it'd be nice to be with someone that isn't a really crazy social media user. Okay someone else said every time I took a bite of food he asked me a question after which he stared at me while I finished chewing. The date went on like this for an hour. He had a supernatural sense of poor timing. Oh my God. Oh my God. hope you're a cute chewer. Okay. Someone said, dated a guy like this. And whenever I reached for my drinks, this is like underneath the previous one. Um, every time I reached for a drink, he'd grab my hand and hold it. He also kept trying to cuddle me while I was eating my food in a public restaurant. At the end, he asked why I hadn't finished my drink. (laughs) That guy was weird. Oh, man. Social cues. Okay, next one. Someone refused to date me after they found out I wasn't a fan of rugby. (laughs) Interesting. Someone said his hair was prettier than mine and that had 18,000 upvotes. Okay. I don't know if I would – I mean, I guess it depends on like how pretty and how – is it, he obsessed with his hair? I don't know. Okay, next one. He would call me his beautiful angle. He really didn't know how to spell angel. So for five months, I put up with being an angle. Oh my God. Do you – guys, do you correct someone when they continuously use like the wrong word? Like there are some words like that people can – like they just don't even know or just the wrong way to spell it. And, like, I don't know if I would – I think I would I would have to correct them. I mean, for five months I couldn't do it. Maybe for a couple of weeks and then we can, like, laugh about it when we're, like, slightly buzzed or something. Like, oh, yeah, you know you spell angel wrong. Like, I would have to say it. Like, I, my blood would boil. I could not deal with it. Um, like, I would need to say it. Like, it would be on the tip of my tongue always. We would get in a fight or something, I'm sure, and I'd be like, well, you don't even know how to spell angel. <laughs> so it would definitely slip out. Okay, someone else said – He didn't believe Kalamata olives were olives, citing that they were too pointy and didn't have a hole in one end. He didn't believe Kalamata olives were olives. Oh my God. I can imagine the mansplaining now. I can just see it. Um, Someone else said, didn't use the turn signal ever. That, my friends, kind of goes hand in hand with with what I was saying earlier about the subway. Like just bad manners for no reason. Like I get it sometimes I just, if I'm like autopiloting, driving, driving, the same road in my hometown that I've driven, driven forever. And like there's, it's a, you know, maybe late at night, no one's there, like literally no one's behind me, but never use the turn signal. Like that is just bad manners. It literally takes a flick of the finger to use your turn signal. That would be a pet peeve of mine as well. Anyway, so I just wanted to read that thread because it was very just like on point with what we were talking about. But of course these things, I mean, is it petty for some of these things to be a reason you refuse to date someone. Like someone has better hair than you. Someone has too clean of a, of a room, which is bizarre. Someone has the same name as your mom. Like what if you literally met someone that is perfect for you, but they had one of these things on their list? Like what would happen? And I, I'm very much a believer in the fact that you will meet someone that is of course your version of perfect, which isn't going to be perfect, okay? There's going to be things that are just going to be a little – just something that you – it's like a big pet peeve of yours, like that one episode of Sex and the City where Harry and Charlotte are together finally and – you know, spoiler alert, sorry, Harry and Charlotte are together and he leaves tea bags all over the place and she is just so ticked off by it but won't say anything until like the very last minute and then after that he starts just like sitting naked on all the furniture and that drives her up the wall as well. So it's just those little things like you're gonna have that, you're still gonna love them anyway. I'm not saying that you're gonna find someone without fault but is there something so extreme like of a turn off to you that you just couldn't do it? But kind of shifting gears a bit, what if I told you that turnoffs, pet peeves, petty hatred of simple things, these things have inspired some of the best stories in history. Jane Austen, for example, Jane Austen being widely known for writing Pride and Prejudice, another novel called Emma, these are now movies as well, among many others. She had like six really prominent books, had written about, I think she wrote about 12 or 13 books in her life, but you know, she was always with a pen in her hand, always writing something, always writing down very bold declarations, always challenging norms. She had huge opinions for that time, and so she created characters in her books and then which were made into movies that also held super bold opinions. And some quotes from her, she said, "Laugh as much as you choose, but you will not laugh me out of my opinion." So she was very firm. And she also said, "Quote, I hate to hear you talk about all women as if they were fine ladies." Instead of rational creatures, none of us want to be in calm waters all our lives. So that one she took very literally into creating characters, women specifically, that really challenged gender roles of the time. You know, Pride and Prejudice, for example, she gave her lead character roles to these super bold women, not fragile, weak, sensitive, overly dramatic women whose place was just bearing the children, keeping the house, spreading the gossip. Like she really, she really shifted, you know, what it meant to be a woman in this time. And she turned her cheek away from stories that painted a woman as someone that was weak. And these characters boiled her blood. They were her biggest pet peeve, I would say, and inspired her to write something new, something fresh, something that gave women the credit they deserved. And so this pet peeve of hers turned into 13 novels, six of them being major. And these novels challenged the norms of the time. They gave her a household name as well. Turnoffs have inspired some of the world's greatest novels, movies, political speeches, businesses, etc. You name it, it's been inspired by just someone being annoyed with something. It's so interesting. People can turn that energy into something productive. So, another story. There's this woman named Sarah Blakely and she is the creator of Spanx, which as we know many of us know, an intimate apparel company, shapewear company, etc. I have at least 5 pairs of Spanx leather leggings. They are incredible. I love the control top tights as well. I just love feeling sucked in. It just makes me feel more confident. Like those Spanx leggings I have, I'll walk around town in them and feel like a million bucks. Like they make me feel amazing. And Crazy enough, like these wouldn't even exist if Sarah wasn't annoyed by something. It was born from a pet peeve of Sarah's. She had accepted this job, this is back when she was a bit younger, accepted a job with an office supply company called Danka, where she was a door-to-door machine saleswoman. The job was in Florida, and if you've ever been to Florida in the middle of summer, my grandparents live there, it is just unbearably hot and humid And just really sweaty, like, all summer long. Like, it's really beautiful. I love it. But it's also very hot. And so to this job, Sarah wore pantyhose under her dresses, you know, to suck her in, to make her feel more put together for various reasons. And if you've ever experienced wearing tights in super hot weather with, like, open-toed heels, all sweaty and, like, sliding around in your shoes, feeling super uncomfortable, it is just not fun. And so Sarah... Also, she didn't like this, but she also didn't like the appearance of the tights paired with open-toed shoes, like how the stocking toe look through the shoes appeared. She didn't like that. But she did appreciate the, the the way that the control top tights eliminated her panty lines, made her body appear firmer under her dresses, skirts, pants, etc. And so she wanted to come up with a solution that would give her the best of both worlds. So she experimented with cutting off the feet of her pantyhose with scissors while wearing them under a new pair of slacks. So her feet would look nice in her heels But she would also get that support and get that uh, firmness that she was looking for, the control top situation. She would have all of that, kind of the best of both worlds. And, you know, she had success with this. It definitely gave her the result that she wanted. But she felt like underneath, like the, the bottoms of the tights would kind of roll up as she moved, which wasn't great. So she refined the idea even further. She changed up the fabric. She cropped them differently. She did all all these things, obviously, to make them what they are today, but she went through a bunch of different trial and error situations. But this was all because of something that she disliked. This is because of something that got under her skin, kind of literally over top of her skin, um, and just bugged her. And so she decided to come up with a solution. And in 2012 – Sarah was photographed for the cover of Forbes magazine for being the youngest self-made female billionaire in the world. Okay, <laughs> that's insane, all because of a pet peeve. And Spanx had made four million dollars in sales its first year, 10 million in sales its second year, all because of this. So, in conclusion here, kind of, we're not done yet, but sort of, turnoffs can write great stories but only if you're willing to keep that pen going across the page keep writing it not stop when you're getting annoyed and then just leave it at that you have to keep running with it and not let the pet peeve itself be the end of the sentence you never know what could really be something great you really you really don't so back to dating like we were talking about earlier I've gotten a bit petty about my preferences, kind of relating to the the Reddit feed. You know, I have gotten, I've gotten petty. I have been judging a book by its cover a little too much recently. I will admit it. I'm not perfect. Like, I've had some moments where I'm like, okay, they're great, they're great, they're great. Oh, they're (laughs) 5'8". Like, is it petty of me to not even try to date them because of that? Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. So petty, especially considering I'm five five. It's still taller. Like I'm just, I don't know. I just it's not that I need someone six feet, but in my in my mind, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, when I'm wearing three to four inch heels, like I still want to feel small. And what is that? It's probably like an evolutionary thing of like women wanting to feel a certain way. Whatever. I don't even care where it comes from because it is it is petty. It is super petty. And I know I'm gonna meet someone someday. That is 5'8", maybe 5'7", and I'm going to fall in love with them and that's going to be it for me. Very Charlotte and Harry style from Sex and the City. But yeah, I'm, I'm that way with other things too. Like, oh, they have a ton of emojis on their profile. Their first photo is of them just like with the boys, like so blurry. Their eyes are like bloodshot, like looking like they – like partying is like what they majored in in college. Like there are just certain things to me that that are turnoffs and maybe it's petty. Maybe it's like, okay, that's, that's warranted, like – You know, there's certain things like politics and things that definitely are deal breakers in certain ways, but I thought it'd be interesting to ask you guys your pet peeves. Sorry, I have this new little charm on my phone and it's like clacking around, but um, I wanted to read some of your pet peeves from dating profiles. I thought it was so interesting asking you guys. Um, So I got a lot of responses that were kind of like repeats of one another. A lot of you guys were saying when the guy only has group photos or Has no group photos. Like, have a mix because if you have like only group photos, it's very hard to tell, like, which one is the guy that, like, it's very tough to tell. Like, at least crop in, zoom in there somehow. I don't even know, but make it clear, like, okay, which one of you guys am I gonna actually go on a date with? Like, if it's just the same group photo, it's very hard to, like, play where's Waldo with it and try to figure out. So, but also if you only or if you don't have any group photos, It's like, oh, it's just like, I want to see what your, what your friends are like. Like do your friend, I don't know. I think a guy having photos of friends points to what's important to me, which is having like friendships are very important to me. So I hope that they're important to you. Like it's very like reading between the lines sort of thing. Um, Other people said lack of effort on prompts. I think my biggest pet peeve on dating profiles, besides the other things I said, um, was or is when someone just like puts a dot like i've noticed they'll just like not fill out the prompts and just put a period or a dot like some sort of emoji and not answer the prompt and that's just like absolute laziness like if you're lazy with the prompts like what other things are you lazy with okay get what i'm putting down okay <laughs> someone else said um and a lot of you guys said this as well saying like i'm competitive about like There's like the prompt that's like, I'm competitive about and you're supposed to say like something and they say everything like, wow. (laughs) People said gym selfies, holding a fish, um, a love of the fast food chain Arby's. (laughs) Um, Yeah, lots of fish holding. You guys hate the fish. See, this might be unpopular, but like if I see a guy holding a fish like it's not going to be a super turnoff, big turnoff to me because I grew up in a small fishing town. Like so, it's not abnormal. Like I've seen this my whole life. I don't find it to be weird. I think there's other things that I would find to be weirder/worse. slash Um but yeah, hunting photos. I don't love a hunting photo. I really don't. I think that that would be enough for me to not want them but maybe that's a personal thing yeah overly competitive about everything everyone's saying this because I feel like so many guys do that they also will like put the office or something like it just gets redundant and it's not even like yeah and so I get you guys I get you but like it's just interesting reading through these and thinking well like are we being petty with this like are these pet peeves something that's really a pet peeve like I mean obviously they are but like is it something that will make or break you like If dating apps didn't exist, which they didn't exist for so many years, like how would we know if someone was the kind of person that would hold a fish on a dating app? Like we wouldn't know this. Dating apps open a door to seeing someone the way that they see themselves or that they want, maybe not even that, that they want to see themselves. They want to be portrayed. Which I mean, personally, when I'm drafting my profile as a girl looking for guys, like I portray myself in a certain way because I want like I want the guy to see the best parts of me maybe and like sometimes like I I don't know I choose the photos where I look the best obviously or like I feel like I look like a well-rounded person so it's it really dating apps are really just showing the the person that you want people to see you as even if it isn't totally accurate but that's kind of social media in a nutshell isn't it so anyway though I think personally I'm going to challenge myself this spring summer to push past some of my previous super petty boundaries, just dip my toe into the world of like just really looking at things maybe further than just like not just settling on the height as being like, okay, that's the reason or like certain things that I I really would never consider pre- previously. Like there are certain things like... If they live kind of further away, like deeper in Brooklyn or something, maybe I wouldn't consider them just because of geography and it's just like too far. And I I always think kind of long term, like a little bit, you know, I let myself think and wander in that spot and think like, oh, if things, you know, progress later down the road, do I want to be trekking over to like deep, deep, deep in Brooklyn every single time I want to hang out with them? Maybe not. So like I think about those things, but I'm going to dip my toe in trying things, kind of pushing past my pet peeves and seeing how the other half lives, <laughs> just kidding. Because I have to say, like, there's certain things. I'm sitting here eating hummus right now, okay? Like hummus. Very casual, very classic, very normal thing to like. But for years I didn't like hummus. And then one day I was honestly like a little bit drunk eating at dinner, like, and someone had ordered hummus and I tried it. And I'm like, wait, I like this. Why for so many years did I think I didn't like this? Like, I thought I didn't like it. Taste buds obvious obviously changed. So Anyway, I'm going to challenge myself to work past my petty boundaries, and I think maybe you guys should try it too and see what happens. You never know. It could just be a great story. So kind of in that grain though, I was sitting at dinner the other night with a friend of mine, and she was talking about some recent people she's gone on dates with, and one, she was like naming, like just like listing all the the positive qualities of this guy that she really enjoyed going on a date with. We're not going on another date, she said to me. And I was like, Well, why not? Like, he sounds great. He sounds like a total keeper. And she was like, Well, there's one thing, and it's super petty of me to say. And I'm like, Oh God, what is it? She goes, He doesn't have a good voice. He has a really annoying voice. And that is a deal breaker for me. And you feel kind of like guilty. You're like, Oh, but this thing, like, it really bugs me someone will eventually find that person and not feel bugged by their voice. They will maybe love the voice. They will think nothing of it. It won't, you know, annoy them in any way. But yeah, you just got to, of course, still go out there, get your feet wet, try new things only to realize you don't like them. So there's this article I actually found on Medium that I'll have linked in the show notes. It was really interesting. So you should definitely check it out. And it says, the author said, when something seriously bothers you, There are three potential reasons why. Number one, you want what someone else has. Number two, you fear or don't understand something. Or three, you see that same quality in yourself. So by critically analyzing, she goes on to say this, by critically analyzing the deeper issues behind our pet peeves, we can learn three things what we secretly wish for, what we need to learn about others, and what we repress in ourselves. And personally speaking, I think with my more petty pet peeves, so definitely the ones where it's like I feel a little guilty for feeling this way because I know that some people just like can't help it or I feel like it really says something not so great about me that I'm complaining about this thing. So the more petty ones, not the they were rude to the waiter, which I think is very real, and it also kind of relates to our subway story earlier, or our political views don't mesh. Like, Just the more petty, superficial ones, I think are definitely rooted in fear. And for me, romantically speaking, it's very much like fear of not ending up with the perfect person I've imagined my whole life, and just fear that I'll never find someone that I'm not annoyed with in some way, which like we discussed earlier, is just impossible, so I gotta just get that in my head. But you know, with the ones where it's like, I think honestly fear is rooted in a lot of the things that I am I I find to be a pet peeve. Like, for example, also, like, okay, I'm walking down the street, there's a slow walker in front of me. Someone's walking very slow in front of me, like dragging their feet have no purpose. And that I feel fear that I'm not gonna get somewhere on time. Like I'm fearing being late somewhere because being late causes me a lot of anxiety. So it's something even as simple as that. But I think the other two reasons for for something bothering me. Number one being, I want what someone else has. I remember in the office all the time when I worked corporate, there were some people in the office that were super, super just like on and very peppy and always had an answer for something. And I think, you know, it it drove me up the wall. It kind of annoyed me sometimes. But I think the reason for that was because I wanted that sort of energy. Like I wanted the boss to like me because I always had ideas. Like I wanted to be that way. And so it annoyed me that other people were that way. And then also number three, I see that same quality in myself. So sometimes also in the office or just like in life, I see someone being super shy and not speaking their mind, not saying what they really feel and like dulling themselves for the comfort of others. And I get angry at those people for being like that, but I also think it's because I see that quality in myself sometimes. Or when I was younger, I saw that in myself. And so I get angry because I'm like, you could be better, don't do that because it's personal. So, it's all just really interesting stuff, good food for thought to think about, pet peeves, turnoffs, things that get under our skin and bug us can either turn into a beautiful story, the cover of Forbes or something that ends a relationship or ends dating like, you know, a reason for no date number 2. And it's just it's just wild how they're all kind of rooted in the same feeling and some can motivate us some can shut us down it's really really also interesting so from this chat what i'm going to take with me what i'm going to think about when i'm just sitting around thinking pondering and hopefully you will as well is i think it's it's just good it's good practice for us just to get to know our ourselves better to pay attention to our pet peeves to the turnoffs in our lives and don't just let them happen ask ourselves, why? Why do I feel like this? You know, why is this bothering me so much? And should I let it? Like, should it be something that shuts shuts me down or like that, that really is the end of the sentence and doesn't keep going? So yeah, I just think, I think it's really interesting. I think we should critically analyze, like the author of that medium piece said, critically analyze the deeper issues behind these things. And from it, we do learn, I'm going to reiterate what she said, what we secretly wish for what we need to learn about others, what we need to learn and what we repress in ourselves. And I think that there's a lot of things that we whenever like the the thought creeps up in our brain, we instantly bat it away because we don't want to deal with it. But with pet peeves, it kind of it gives us a reason, like it really does open the door to think about those tough things and have those hard conversations with ourselves. And so Yeah, from here, I do plan on challenging myself a bit more in the realms of just giving people a chance and not listening so much to the societal things. I think a lot of the responses that I was seeing both on Reddit and in my DMs when I asked you guys about dating app turnoffs, I think a lot of it is like societal things that we've heard someone say. And so we're like, oh yeah, that must be a bad thing. Like, can't do that. Or we read into things too much sometimes as well. I mean, definitely have your preferences. Don't go with the flow too much. You should know what you like and not settle for things you don't. But I think, you know, I'm always one of those people that says, like, my philosophy really is that I will try anything once. Like, I really will because you truly don't know. Like, that with the hummus situation, like, I tried hummus once. Now I'm obsessed with it. So I'll try everything once. And I I don't think trying something once is the same thing as settling, as going with the flow too much, like a dead fish. Only a dead fish goes with the flow. I think it's kind of, it's eye-opening to try something once and to give things a chance. Give your pet peeves a chance, okay? Give them a chance. There's so many freaking rom-coms out there with characters that you know, the the heroine or like the, the female character and the male character in a lot of these, you know, those sorts of films where it's like Sandra Bullock is always the girl or Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant or like someone. And there's always like these two characters that like, the, from the, the viewers perspective we're like oh there's no possible way they'll end up together they're so different there's no way but obviously the showrunners like or the, the movie d- directors the creators of the the plot are like no but that's exactly why we're gonna make them end up together because they are not maybe outwardly very obviously compatible but there's things about them that just fit perfectly and so they end up together and whatever so that's just like every movie we've ever freaking seen. So maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe we should consider people that are different from us and that we maybe wouldn't immediately be interested in. Could be something beautiful. Anyway, that's just my food for thought. But I will say, don't put up with rude people on the subway, okay? Don't put up with it. Just ridiculous. I sent a really good positive thought out into the universe after seeing that and I hope that this girl, wherever she is, is having a great day. It is like beautiful sunny 75 in new york today so i hope she's outside somewhere but anyway that is it for this episode guys thank you for listening i thought this would be a good just little little thing for us to think about this week um and i will talk to you guys all next week bye